Hey, welcome back to Two Mics. Colonel Mike here. We want you to visit the website, twomikes.us, twomikes, T-W-O, mikes.us. Please visit our sponsors and go to the blog for any latest of the information. Also, we need you to sign up at networkradio.us. That's networkradio.us. Sign up, subscribe to the show, and this way you get the latest and the greatest and the newest podcast going up. We're going to be flexing the podcast. We're not going to do as many as we used to. So uh, until, I guess, probably mid-October, we're going to change up the schedule a little bit. All right, so thank you for subscribing. Thank you for everybody in America. Four years, over 400 shows, and all of you around the globe, thank you so much. Four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome back. You're on with two mics, Dr. Michael Shoya and Colonel Mike. Before we get to today's guest, you know, we're in the holiday season. Fa la 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 la. I, I don't know. I mean, it's like the war season as well. You know what I mean? But it's fa la 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 la. So for us in America, it's holiday season. Don't forget to go to two mics, twomikes.us. Say hello to the sponsors. You may want to get one of our sponsors' items for one of your relatives, your best friend, a BFF, whatever. EMP Shield is number one sponsor this year. So go to EMP Shield, made in America, made in Kansas, sold in Kansas, and approved by Vladimir Putin. He said, you got to have one of these in your boat, your car, your house, your mobile home, whatever. EMP Shield, very affordable and worth every penny. Okay. Then we have our goldguy.com. Ira, the bench from the bench. Just click on the, the panel. Boop. You go right to it. Ira, the gold guy. He's a good guy, honest guy. He's our number two guy, all right? Then we have Cambridge Credit. In case you're going to be jammed up, you better you better file with them now. It's a free uh, budget estimate, so on. They tell you a little bit about your finances because January, you're going to be broke anyway. And it's for you guys with student loans who didn't get the bailout from Biden, you may want to check that out. And our newest sponsor, Triangle Fragrance. That's for you Versace, Armani kind of guys, you know, the guys that know how to buy good stuff for their wives or the wives buying for the husband. So say hello to the sponsors and let's go right to our guest today. Honored to have on on the screen with us. First time, gosh, four years, 400 shows and we haven't had E. Michael Jones. So what's happening? Say hello, Mr. Jones. Hello. Good to be here. Well, uh, we're happy to have you here. Just give us a little bit of your background, and Mike's going to start off with you, okay? Okay, that's great. Um, I started off in life thinking I was going to be a professor. Uh, in 1979, I got my Ph.D. in American Literature from Temple University in Philadelphia. Got a job at St. Mary's College, the same St. Mary's College, by the way, now that it's going to, it's all women's college, going to invite transgender guys into the locker room. So good luck, ladies. Uh, got fired there for being against abortion at a Catholic college, started a magazine, which is now called Culture Wars. And I've written a number of books over the past 40 years. Uh, the one that got me in trouble with the ADL was called The Jewish Revolutionary Spirit. Uh, that put me <laughs> on their uh, radar screen. The SPLC uh, declared war on me, uh, tried to ruin me. Uh, and they came up with a list of uh, the dirty dozen Catholics. Uh, and that list ended up in the FBI office and Josh Hawley waved it in front of um, uh, Murray Garland, who was in charge of uh, enforcing the law in this country, and asked him why he was persecuting Catholics. Uh, that uh, nothing much has changed. Uh, I got kicked off of uh, Twitter. I'm back on Twitter, thanks to Elon Musk. Uh, and my latest book is called The Holocaust Narrative, and it's selling really well. Uh, because every time one of these guys, uh, I'm talking about Biden's minion, the cabinet there, every time they get hauled into Congress, you can count to 10. And before you get to 10, or invariably, one of these guys who is not doing his job will say, I have relatives who died in the Holocaust. So don't bother me about law enforcement or the border or foreign policy. Anyway, that's the short story of my life. 
Well, that's, that sounds like the short road to perdition in this in, in today's America, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Is this, are, am I talking to the Michael Scheuer, former CIA agent? Yes, you are, sir. Listen, I have to say that it's an honor to be here with you. You, uh, you were an inspiration for me years ago. I remember seeing you testifying before Congress, and you, you, you said that that magic word. You talked about the Israel lobby or some type of, uh, you know, that the foreign policy was under the control of other people who were not did not have America's interests in mind. So I wanted to thank you for that, and saying it's an honor to be here with you today. Well, you're very kind, sir. As you can imagine, that won me a great number of friends. <laughs> and and uh, I've continued on that path. We 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 did a program last night that talked about um, something that I was aware of, but not very informed. Uh, BDS, the the attempt to exclude any American who won't sign a pledge that he never uh, urged a boycott, um, uh, deinvestment, right, uh, yeah. and, and sanctions against Israel, right. No, and it, you know, sir, the, what, what struck me about that is the Congress approved it, but didn't have the nerve to put it through as a bill because of uh, worries about the First Amendment. Heaven, heaven forbid. Yeah, no. But wait, wait, this, Thirty-seven this, state governments have have signed on to it now. No, it's clearly unconstitutional. This is exactly what happened with the most comprehensive plan to fight anti-Semitism in American history. That came out in uh, May, thanks to Debbie Lipstadt, who's one of Biden's uh, minion here. Uh, and uh, there's a huge disclaimer at the beginning of it saying, basically, this has no force of law. It's not worth the paper it's written on, but we got to pass it anyway. Yeah. Well, that's clearly the case that that uh, there is no one in government, and and with this with this BDS thing, I think it stretches down probably to the to the local level even, but county, state, and federal. There's no one there who's interested in protecting the rights of American citizens. Amen, brother. Yeah. When is, when is a candidate going to stand up and say, "I represent the American people"? Yeah. When's that? When's that going to happen? It hasn't happened in this campaign. Bobby Kennedy blew himself up as soon as the uh, the the Gaza thing happened. Mike Johnson blew himself up. They rushed to the microphone and say the first thing I'm going to do is go to Israel, and I'm yeah. going to support Israel. When is well, someone going to support? Listen, I I like to bring something to your attention that I've talked about uh, many times, but it's it's also in the Holocaust book. There was a moment in not too long ago in American history where the Jews had total control over a foreign policy right after World War II. It was called the Morgenthau Plan. Uh, Morgenthau was the Secretary of Treasury under Roosevelt, and uh, his plan was to starve the German people to death. And at a certain point, people woke up, okay? And one of the great heroes at this time was Herbert Hoover, who said, this is Semitic vengeance. Semitic vengeance should not be the policy of the United States of America, the foreign policy. And they kicked out the Morgenthau plan. Morgenthau was sent home and they brought in the Marshall plan because they knew that if Morgenthau's plan continued, they, the Germans would welcome, welcome the Soviet army with open arms. Yeah. Now, that, that was a time when we had a WASP ruling class in America. And I'm saying we need something like this to happen, I want to. I'd like to ask you: Is there uh, are there Americans at the CIA? Are there a group of people there who are saying, "Wait a minute, this is Semitic vengeance. This should not be the policy of the United States of America." Uh, there, there is not. Uh, it's it's hard to know that, sir. Uh, I'm I was awfully uh, lonely in the sense when I was there. I, I I always said, you know, what what are we doing here? There were occasions I was in charge of trying to capture or kill Osama bin Laden uh, for three, three and a half years, something like that. And we had an occasion once when the Israelis uh, gave us a piece of information uh, and uh, then refused to let us share it with anybody. And Americans were in danger. So we just went ahead and shared it. And I don't know, I was kind of too junior to be know what, what kind of repercussions occurred, but uh 
they're intolerant of Americans, they're arrogant, they're demanding, and they're crooked as hell. The only way to control the American, the only way to get 525 congressmen to do anything in unison as they go as a as a family to IPAC every year, APAC every year, is to bribe them. There's no there's no allegiance to Israel, I think, except for the fact that they're getting some money from them. Probably we're paying for the bribes. And we're also uh, I'm, I'm convinced that that this thing with Epstein has to be blown wide open because I'm convinced they have their, these people are compromised. The congressmen, the governors, the senators, because they 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 they're not ashamed at all of uh, putting Israel first. But they're ashamed. I think they're deadly ashamed of what might be released by the Israelis about them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, black, United, blackmail. I, I can say at the seventh floor, there's people who don't like the Israelis, but there's no one. The seventh floor is the governing floor at most agencies in the in the in the country or in the, in Washington. But there's not there's some people who don't like them, but no one is going to stand up and take a, a, a point of view that. Uh, uh, this is bad for America. That it uh, Dr. Shua, let me break in. Dr. Shua, let me break yeah. in for a second. I was always wondering why it was always the seventh floor, the FBI or the CIA. I never understood why it wasn't the thirteenth floor. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> yeah, but there is there was nobody there that was ever going to do that. Uh, you know, Tennant, George Tennant was one of the directors when I was there, and in his book he had a whole chapter about why I love the Israelis. And that's what he said. I love the Israelis. And and so does that, that clown who's now the, the speaker. He said, our dear friends, the, need the, uh, the Israelis need $14.5 billion. I suppose no American uses it or, or we couldn't pay down the debt with it. But it, it's, it's, it's entirely a shame what's happened in this country. Listen, I'm, I, I, you just depressed me. Uh, I was waiting for you to tell me that they, these guys were ready to take this hands, the Jews' hands off the steering wheel and save the republic. You this is really depressing. Yeah. I, look, he, I, he's been out a while, Mike. He's been out a while. You're on with okay. the two mics. Now it's three mics today. Okay. E. Michael Jones is the guest. You're on with Dr. Shoya, Colonel Mike, and E. Michael Jones. Mike, he's been out a while as much as anybody else we know. So we really don't know what's in there. There's a lot of DEI, Israeli ass wipers. There's all kinds of people in there. But here's the thing, and I coined it 13 years ago at Mike. Use the terminology, the only democracy in the Middle East, quotation marks, because that's all they pump in our ass, is the only democracy. And they're not anywhere near a democracy. Go ahead, Mike, continue. Yeah, which, I which short, of, short of it, Mike, is that I, people don't talk about it. And if you start talking about it, they walk away so they're not a part of the conversation. Now, I don't mean, I don't know if that means they disagree or they agree and don't want to say it or or what it means. But I think throughout the, the bureaucracy, it's very clear that the Israelis can get whatever they want. I, I had to uh, call, an uh, FBI agent called me. First of all, I've been interrogated by the FBI. The local branch interrogated me after I came back from Iran. And they said, you know, what are you doing there? And I, you know, I gave them a speech. And and uh, so uh, what are they going to do? I gave a speech. OK, and then I got a call from an FBI agent who wants to take me out to lunch. OK, that's fine. So we go out to lunch and he tells me, you know, he was doing some postgraduate work in Washington. And uh, suddenly uh, a lot of FBI guys in the room in the course and the professor starts saying something they find really interesting. So they go to him and they say, uh, where can we find more of this information? So the guy looks around, he pulls the shades down, looks, locks the door. And then he says, read E. Michael Jones, <laughs> which is what they did Good for you. So they started reading my book. And so the guy is taking me out to lunch now because there's a whole group of people. I got a reading group in the FBI who are reading things like the Jewish revolutionary spirit. So he tells me that the main issue in the FBI is whether they get real information or whether they get bullshit. And at that point, they had the FBI had just kicked the SPLC out of their operation. 
It's still there. If you, the SPLC hate map has a little dot in Northern Indiana, hate groups this is, and uh, it's me. It's Culture Wars Magazine. I mean, first of all, I'm, I, 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 not only do I not hate people, I'm not a group either. Uh, <laughs> and so this, uh, they, so now if you want to become a state cop in the state of Indiana, state trooper, you have to go through the SPLC map. It's the FBI doesn't use May more, but the word hasn't reached Indiana yet. And that little dot comes up and it says Culture Wars. Well, I have a, a guy I knew uh, from college, a young guy, he said, burst out, he says, wait a minute, I know that guy. He's not a hate group. Now, this is a the, the FBI was a classic uh, place for Catholics. If you went to Notre Dame, you could get in the FBI. You couldn't get into the State Department, but you get in the FBI. Now, is this are these people going to be happy about busting pro-lifers like that guy in uh, Bucks County and in, in, in outside of Philadelphia? I, 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 I'm trying to look, I've never been any organization. I, I, I'm lucky I have my own organization, but, uh, I'm, there gotta be factions there. There gotta be people who, who look, look and say, this is not, this is not right. This is catastrophic. Mike, let thinking, me jump in a second. Let me jump in a second. First of all, if I came home from Iran and they asked you what you were doing there, you say, I was trying to free 80 million people. Because we always talk about freeing the Iranians. Let's bomb the shit out of them so we could free 80 million people. So I would have said that first. OK, that's how I would have got off on a good start. And then I would have said, well, anything else you need to know, guys? It was great food, beautiful women. Seven people wanted to marry me and come to this country. Good. <laughs> Actually, someone did want <laughs> That did happen. I was I was walking down the street in Tehran celebrating the revolution, 1979 revolution, one of three million people there. And I'm surrounded by these women in charters and they're all chanting. They're saying Allah Akbar. And I understood that. And then they start saying something I don't understand. So I turned to them, my uh, tra translator. I said, what are they saying? He said, death to America. But don't take it personally, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, I'm, I'm the only guy wearing a tie in Tehran. And somebody comes up to me and says, are you an American? And I felt like saying, well, maybe I should say I'm a Canadian. So <laughs> I said, I said, yeah, I am. And he said, well, I want to go to America. So this is the type of person to person contact you make when you go to a place like Iran. Uh, and that's the pro uh, precisely what's being blocked by this Jewish control of our policies, which constantly is putting us at enmity with the rest of the world. Well, that, that's that is certainly a key to the failure of our foreign policy. You know, George Kennan said back in 47 or 48, he said, listen, I've never seen in human history. And he was not a bad historian who any government sign an agreement with another government that will bring them nothing but trouble forever. And uh, speaking of the Israeli, recognizing the Israelis. And, and, and that is exactly correct. You know, the, the point for Americans, I think, Mike, is it doesn't matter to us whether they survive, whether the Palestinians survive, whether anybody survives but us. And we've lost track of that, that America has to be the focus of revenue, of policy, of uh, protection of the Constitution. And what what are the what are. What are we doing? You know, since 1945, we spent enormous amounts of money and blood, and and it doesn't work. If people don't want to, democracy, so what? If a democracy falls and it becomes an authoritarian government, if it doesn't threaten us, so what? Okay, let's just look at Iran, Iraq for a minute, Mike. Four trillion treasure plus blood, and now they're fighting the Americans in, in where the Americans shouldn't be there now but they're fighting the Americans. Once again, more failed policy. We were going to democracy. We can't spread democracy like it's peanut butter. Look, Michael, just last night or, or the night before, they took down Thomas Jefferson's statue in New York City. It's been there 187 years. What does that tell you? You know what I said? That's the beginning of Pol Pot. That's the beginning of the rest of these kind of cultural wars. And that's Saul Alinsky in, in high speed. And that's what we have. We have Alinskyites. Now, here's what happened. OK, because of what happened in Israel on October 7th. They came, you know, these kids came out in the street and they're all about Palestine. Now they woke up to like, oh, gosh, they're bombing the shit out of these uh, uh, these Arabs in Gaza. 
to these Palestinians. And it bites them in the ass now because they don't control the narrative anymore. It's out of the bag. For years, Mike, you remember, who put all the big endowments? New York University, Hunter, Dartmouth, Columbia. Who was the who was the biggest endowment? The donators. They were Jewish, American Jews. Now they're sick. They're pulling their money out. Yeah, I uh, my 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 son was at Harvard. He graduated in ninety two. Uh, back then, they were saying talking about the Jewish question at Harvard. How come there's so many Jews here? It only got worse over this period of time to the point where they now completely control the place. It's a Jewish university, and they're doxing anybody who doesn't uh, does what they doesn't do what they want, and so on and so forth. Uh, I think I use the term a lot, but it's I got it from Hegel. It's called the cunning of reason, which means that God brings about an outcome that is different than the intention of men. And I think that's what happened with the whole migration thing now in in um, in Europe. The the Jews flooded countries like England. Let's just say England with Muslims. Uh, and then uh, it turns out that, uh, t- that was to destroy the dominant culture. Well, it turns out that the Muslims don't like Israel even more than the, the natives do. And so they got a million people on the streets protesting what happened in Gaza. It's the exact opposite of what they intended. The same thing happened with the war in Iraq. What did what did that bring about? It brought about the Shia crescent. You you uh, Saddam Hussein was a bulwark against Iranian expansion when the the neocons removed him. You now had the ability. The Iranians had the ability to ship weapons through Iraq, through Syria, through Lebanon with Hezbollah, and down in, into Hamas in in in, in Gaza. So the, the, I, I, I really I think there's a bigger plan here. I think that it's not working. And in spite of the fact that we can't find anybody to represent our interest as a political candidate. Yeah, well, that's that's certainly correct, sir. And, you know, there's so many things to find uh, a fault, you know, with the Israelis. Not who says he wants to make a uh, what is it? like a uh, guinea pig country to test uh, vaccines on and, uh, you know, Gates's vaccine or Pfizer's vaccine or something. And no one, no one mentions that. That's, you know, that's, that's kind of beyond the pale that the whole business, but for America, the best thing we could do is just walk away from that relationship. Say we've spent 75 years wasting money on you backing you up when you wouldn't sign peace treaties, backing you up when you attacked somebody, ignoring the fact when you sent your service across the stuff over to Doha to, to um, uh, what do they call it? Smother people with pillows in one of the grand hotels there who happen to be Palestinians. It's a, it, it's just time. Enough is enough. And, and so is enough is enough with Europe. What are we going to, you know, there's no democracies left in Europe. They're command, they're command governments. Unless the Europeans stand up, the, the idea of NATO being an agency of democracy or freedom is, is an insanity. It's no wonder they, they flew to the assistance of their fellow uh, 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 dictator uh, in, in, uh, in Ukraine. It's, 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 it's just, you, you go back to our founders, the wisdom of neutrality, the wisdom of non-intervention in other people's business is is so starkly correct. And few things are eternally true, but if America is going to have peace, we have to get away from having a situation where we're in a treaty that if Moldova gets attacked by someone, we automatically go to war. If that's not insane, I don't know what is. Yeah. And now, no, that's a defense contractor treaty, Mike. You don't yeah. understand that. Yeah. That, that's, in other words, anybody who gets attacked, we have a reason to make weapons and sell them. And the taxpayers, without their approval, because you nominated or elected somebody for a couple of two years, whatever, um, they get to make a decision that you didn't really vote on. So that's all about making money. That's a whole different story. Now, getting back to the Middle East, Mr. Johns, <clears throat> they always talk about. Free in the Iranian people, free in the Iran. Do you know what the most popular 
I bet you you don't know Mike either. The most popular rerun show on public television is of all the travel shows, Rick Steve. You could see Rick Steve's 18 times a day. Okay. But the Iranian show is number one. His, fa- his, his most famous show is when he goes to Iran and he tells us they like America and they'd really like to come to America. But you know what we do to the Iranians who want to come to America? They never get a visa. Go to Turkey, go to Azerbaijan, go anywhere. And you're not going to get it. You're going to get a visa. You know when you're going to get a visa? Come back in two years. Well, I got family there. They've been there since uh, come back in two years. So on one hand, we make believe we want to spread democracy. But when it comes to certain countries, now we don't have a problem in the southern border. You can come here from anywhere, sub-Saharan Africa, nothing to do with our culture. Just, you know, walk across and collect four grand a month. Right now, did did we vote for that, Mr. Johns? Did we vote for this stuff? That it's going to be $400 billion a year. That's what it's going to cost us to house and take care of all these rest of you. You know who said that last night, Mike? Fred, $400 billion a year. That's what it's going to cost the American taxpayer. Imagine that. And by the way, another thing that the Jewish people never mention, and we talk about it all the time on on the two Mike show, if 6 million people are a Holocaust, listen clearly now, you were at Notre Dame. What is 63 million aborted babies? Please tell me the answer if you know it. A bigger Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nobody mentions it. No. They're worried about Israel. Nobody cares about 63 million babies in this country. You yeah. know what I'm saying? One one of the one of the untold stories that I came across in doing the uh, the Holocaust narrative is what happened to the German people after the war. They ended up in the concentration camps with Jewish uh, capos r- running them. Uh, they, they, there was a massive problem. I would, I would venture the greatest ethnic cleansing in history took place after World War II, when the Germans in Ostpreußen, uh, Pommern, and Schlesien were simply ejected in the middle of winter. Sent off to a country that had already been destroyed, where that nothing was working, where there was no food and anything else, and millions died as a result of that, and nobody talks about it. Nobody well, talks why, about that's it. That's why they have. That's why they have no problem bombing the shit out of Gaza. I think you're right. I think that we established. That's why they have no listen, problem. They're that, immune. That, that's exactly what what the, the type of logic I'm hearing. So there's this guy, this rabbi. Now, this is a man of God, right? Uh, Dove Fisher. He writes an article and the spectator saying there are no innocent people in Gaza. They voted for Hamas. And do you know why I know that's true? Because there were no innocent people in Dresden because they voted for Hitler. You mean everybody in Dresden voted for Hitler? You mean it wasn't like 50 percent? And so as a result, what happened in Dresden now is happening in Gaza. You know, the, the systematic War, the war crime of systematic targeting of innocent civilians. This is the legacy of the American empire and the Holocaust ties it all together. And that story is the myth, the founding myth of the American empire. And it's got to go. When you talk that that stuff, they call you a Holocaust denier. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I know you're probably not a Holocaust denier. But our biggest problem, our biggest problem, Mike, excuse me for breaking in. Our biggest problem is the freaking churches in America. The evangelical Protestant churches who sign on to this bullshit, Judeo-Christian bullshit, okay, that we're 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 from the Jews. You know, you read the Bible. Michael read the Bible. I I read the Bible. This is a spiritual Israeli thing. We're past that, okay. They even fake us with the Sabbath, okay. It says, "Remember." God only says one time in the Ten Commandments, "Remember." It's to keep the Sabbath. That wasn't just for the Jews. They glommed that too. Okay, so this is all bullshit. A lot of this stuff. But the churches in America are right away. They jump on the bandwagon. Hey, bomb the shit out of Iraq. They're human beings. Bomb the shit out of them. What did Madeleine Albright say? Hey, what's 300,000 kids? What's a million kids? Who gives a shit? This is the culture, the culture of death. We elect people based on abortion or pro-life. Go ahead. Sorry to bother you. <laughs> um, look, the, the, I, the second part of the book is about what happened to the Catholic Church, how the Catholic Church internalized the Holocaust narrative and imposed it on Catholics. And the man who was responsible for that was Joseph Ratzinger, 
I was shocked to learn this. Okay, he became Pope Benedict XVI. Time magazine called him the first American pope. He was a man who was subjected to the ruthless social engineering after World War II that was imposed on the German people, and he internalized the commands of his oppressors. Sad to say, this is something that has to be rectified in the Catholic Church, and I deal with it in in this book. They have basically come up with a two-covenant theology that has always been considered heretical, it's still heretical today where they're saying that the, the, Jew, uh, the Mosaic Covenant is eternally valid. No Catholic ever said that 70 years before Vatican II. It's yeah. not in Vatican II, but they're, all the theologians now are saying this. It's complete corruption that came about because of this Catholic-Jewish dialogue, this failed experiment that took place after uh, the Vatican Council. Mike, uh, take a minute and, and give us the title of your book again and the publisher and just get a synopsis. The Holocaust Narrative. Uh, you can get it at fidelitypress.org. And uh, I, uh, if there's one thing I'm qualified, I've written on everything under the sun. There's only one thing I'm qualified to write about. And I was, that's a literature. I got a degree in literary criticism. And that's what this is. Uh, basically, this narrative came about because this guy wrote this book. And this guy wrote this book and this guy did this movie. And I trace it from beginning to end. The uh, the beginning, uh, the propaganda films that Billy Wilder and uh, Alfred Hitchcock made for the Americans and the 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 uh, British after World War Two. You will take Spielberg. Will Spielberg make a movie about Gaza? I doubt it. Go ahead, Mike. Spiel, by the way, uh, Spielberg is a Holocaust denier. Did you know that? Do you know that Schindler's List is Holocaust denial? No. There's a, there's a scene in Schindler's List where you got you got to get the, the I, one of the genres here is Holocaust porn, which came in with uh, Ilsa the she wolf of the SS. Uh, but Schindler uh, Schindler's List has a scene where the ladies go into this room with all these shower heads. You know, take your clothes off, stand under the shower head. What's going to come out of the shower head? You know what comes out in Schindler's List? Warm water. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's Holocaust denial. That's supposed to be gas, right? Why isn't anybody accusing Schindler, uh, I mean Spielberg, of being a Holocaust denier? I'm saying Well, you, you didn't read the script. The script was they had to be clean before they got gassed. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> I'm saying this is part, uh, you just have to analyze the story. You have to understand where it came from and the political purpose that it serves. It always serves a political purpose. Just look at Merrick Garland. You you put him. You say, look, you're not doing your job. I have relatives who died in the Holocaust. That ends the discussion. Anthony Blinken. I have relatives who died in the Holocaust. He's talking about his father-in-law, not his father-in-law, his stepfather. That's a story there. Uh, who claimed that he was rescued by a Negro tank battalion in World War II. It's it's really a heartwarming story. Blinken tells he's it over and boxes. over again. Mike, he's checking the boxes and making it right. Santa Claus is coming to town. Go ahead. So he says that my my stepfather was in the forest in Bavaria near Penzing, and he yeah. heard this tank, and he runs out into the clearing, and he says the only three words he knows in in English: "God bless America." And then the Negro tanker pulls him up into the tank, into America, into freedom. Well, that's a touching story. Problem was that tank division, we know where the 761st was. <laughs> it was nowhere near Penzing, nowhere near. Oh, so anyway. he's like a Biden. He's like a he, Biden, plagiarist and liar 100%. He made it up. He made yeah. it up. And then on top of that, this story gets out. Then uh, we got trouble in Crown Heights in 92 because the Jewish Messiah ran a red light. This is Menachem Schneerson. And they killed this black kid. So there's black Jewish rioting. We got to solve this problem. So you know what? They PBS jumps in and they do a story called Liberators. The same story. So guess who blows the whistle at this time? The American Jewish Committee says it never happened. This is the type of type of story that gets over and over and over again. Now, if you said, hey, Blinken's stepfather was never picked up by a tank. Is that Holocaust denial? Am I going to go to jail because I denied something that never happened? Well, wait a minute. Before you do that, maybe 60 minutes will go to jail because they did the same thing. They debunked a whole phony story called Fragments. 
which a guy claimed to be a Jew from Laf Jewish child from Latvia. He's a Swiss guy, never near Latvia. Is that Holocaust <laughs> denial? And this is what happened exactly happened with, with Spielberg. All these people want to tell their story, so he creates the Shoah Foundation right after time of Schindler's List. Now you can deal up and you can say any damn thing you want and it will be recorded. And that becomes part of the Holocaust narrative, no matter how crazy it is. Let and me ask that, you a question, Michael Johns. Why do we have a Holocaust memorial in Washington, D.C.? Is that for the babies? No, it's not. Right. But let me ask you a question. Why would they put it in the nation's capital? Not in Tel Aviv, the gayest city in the world, by the way, if you go to Google. Tel Aviv, gayest city in the world that may have triggered some of these Arabs who don't believe in gay life. But, you know, we don't want to get into that now. But I'm just saying, why not put it in Tel Aviv or let's say uh, what's another city? Bethlehem, Nazareth, uh, Haifa. Why do we have it here? Do you have any? Re okay, you, yeah. you know any Very simple. Very simple answer to that question. The Holocaust is the established religion of the United States of America. That's simple. Thank you. Thank you. No, no money go. You don't build Catholic churches with federal money. You don't build whatever it is, but you do build Holocaust Museum. And that is the established religion of the United States of America. And every FBI agent to get a job has to go and offer up incense to this idol. They have to go to the Holocaust Museum. This is intolerable. Who who made this our state religion? They did. Good point, Michael Schuer. Well, yeah, and I, I think you have to believe that the Holocaust Museum is also a headquarters for the Israeli Israeli intelligence people. Uh, also, it's it's a it's a ridiculous thing to have on our property, uh, in our land. It's like having the UN in our land, which is a madness, also. But the 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 problem is they're so effective at making people silent. Uh, the only way I was able to publish anything on the issue was to have my own blog, and I'm surprised they haven't they haven't uh, they haven't banged that one yet. I I was in I one of, one of the times I was in uh, uh, Iran I was in Mashhad, and uh, the, Phil Giraldi was there. Yeah. So I gave a little speech, and I said, you know, we have to break the Jew taboo. Uh, some people didn't like it, but Phil came up to me afterwards, and he said, "I'm glad you said that. Someone had to say it." So I said, thank Phil. It's an honor to hear me say that. So what's he do? He goes back to America. He's a, a, a contributor to the American conservative and he writes about this issue. Guess what? He gets fired yeah. <laughs> immediately. Immediately. Yeah. He wrote this up in an article that appeared in Unz Review. He said at one point, uh, yeah, this this elderly gentleman came up to me in, in uh, Mashhad. I said, wait a minute, Phil, you're older than I am. Why am I <laughs> elderly gentleman? Huh? But he did. That pr It's proof of what, what happens. The absolute total control of discourse and the absolute death sentence that is going to be imposed on you if you if you cross them. Hey, Michael okay. Johns, let me ask you, what other groups? Are there anybody from Burundi, Lesotho, Mali, uh, Indonesia, Thailand, Iceland, Norway, or uh, let's say Hungary? Any other group from those countries, do they get you fired for talking about them? No, absolutely. Of course not. not. Of course not. I'm just being facetious, but I'm just saying, why is it only one per one group, one religion, and boy, do they come down on you like this guy Kanye West? Overnight, billions yeah. lost. I look, but I have to say, I'm still alive. I should have been dead 15 years ago when the <laughs> Jewish revolutionary spirit came out. So I keep saying, you know, God has a plan here. God has a plan. And okay, one let's the, go with God. Let's go with God, Mike. Let's go with God a minute. Okay, let, we like speaking about let, God. Let we me, love God. Let, we me love just, God. let me just talk. Let me just talk. One guy who has this idea is Ehud Barak, of all people, the man who was prime minister. He's kind of waging war against Netanyahu right now. He recently said there is this kind of specter. A specter is haunting Europe. That's what Karl Marx said in the Communist Manifesto. The specter is haunting Israel right now. And Ehud Barak said, it's this 80-year curse. No yes, Jewish kingdom. No, no Jewish kingdom has lasted more than 80 years. All right, great segue for what I was going to say. We all read the Bible. How many times have the Jews been in captivity? Many times, right? Many times. And you know, every time they sin and walk away from God, they get punished. And you know what we did in this country? 
we walked away from God too. We took him out of the, the, the school, the prayer, and we, we, we killed 63 million babies, aborted uh, babies. Now, we have a guest that comes on very often, very learned man, 59 years in the ministry, who said, what if God gives us one illegal for every baby aborted? Just think of that for one second, Mike. One illegal for every baby aborted. This thing's never going to close on the border. If God wants, he takes this place down in seconds, okay? And we celebrate diversity. We celebrate LBGTQ, right? And God blew out Sodom and Gomorrah over that. You know what I'm saying? So these people, they go to church, they're numb. They're vaccinated. I don't mean vaccinated by, you know, the Pfizer thing. But they're vaccinated. They're inoculated. They think going to church and giving some moron money, and, you know, somebody gets up there, got a 10,000 audience, you know, hey, you're going to be saved. You're going to go to heaven. Just put the money in the bag. Hey, that's a little bit of this and that. Nobody reads the Bible. A known fact. It's like the 80 years, like Barack saying, time's up, pal. And you, you, you claim Tel Aviv as the gayest city in the world. Go on the web. It's everywhere. I'm not making this up. Uh, you think God's a little upset again? You know, Sodom and Gomorrah redo? Go ahead, Mike. I, I, I was going to say, like, the... Uh... I used to be an adjunct professor at Georgetown. You and, still are. They just fired you. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Doha uh, people, they debates. put something, the Doha debates. And I was on one side with Ehud Barak, and the other side was uh, Dershowitz. Morsi, the ambassador. <laughs> and, and Dove somebody. I can't remember his last name. He Dove, was an ambassador, yeah. Yeah, Dove Gold, maybe. But But anyway... The, the the question was, should should the United States stop uh, supporting Israel? And we had the debate, and then they had the vote, and we had a big crowd. I was surprised, but but we won it, uh, Barack and myself. And the next uh, semester, uh, they usually sent me the the class schedule and the book list, uh, and I'd send them my book list in return. And I hadn't heard from them uh, within ten days or so of the start of the fall semester, uh, winter, winter, spring semester. And I called uh, to find out what happened. And the bookstore didn't know about what happened, so I called the head of the department that I worked for, and he said, "Oh, we we really don't need your course anymore." So I I just forgot to tell you. Uh, but immediately, as as I think my fate was sealed after that debate there. And I'm, you know, I'm not the greatest professor, but I had two, two, two of my books were New York Times bestsellers on in in critical of Israel. Uh, but the the beating them in a debate was quite another story, I guess. Yeah, they take the ball and go home when you win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the Jesuits. The Jesuits are in charge. The Jesuits get millions of dollars a year from uh, George Soros. Yeah. Uh, the Jesuits are running the Catholic Church right now. I was educated by Jesuits uh, uh, at a crucial moment in history. Uh, they uh, are, were they went over to the dark side. Yes. Uh, after World War II, the crucial transition moment was the anti-communist crusade. Yeah. I mean, who who can argue about being against communism? And then they got involved in that type of thing, and they wanted they wanted their own feeder school. They do, they wanted a Catholic. You know, let's have Catholics in the State Department, uh, not just Yale. And Georgetown was rewarded because of Jesuit uh, complicity in uh, working to overturn uh, the church's teaching on birth control. Yeah. That's and what happened. Absolutely correct. And I was uh, undergraduate and graduate school in, in different Jesuit schools in the 70s, middle 70s. And the, the brand of Jesuit then was so much different than the one today. You know, they could they could be nasty. They could be silent. They could be effervescent. But they were solid teachers at the time and and at least in my view and i never came away with anything from them that was to the left what but when you talk to them now they're they're like they're insane people uh it, it is they're they're brilliant people maybe but they're brilliantly insane mike we'll leave you one section out here michael jones and dr Scheuer. remember these guys had the uh, liberation theology going through central and latin america in the 70s so, you know, they were Sandinista, Nicaragua, Cuba, you know, all that. Sec These were Jesuits running that show with liberation, Marxist theology. In fact, we have a member of the Senate 
who was part of that team. What was his name, Mike? Tim Kaine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Tim Kaine was part of that. Yeah. Actually, the Marin, the Marin Oilers were the main culprits when it came to liberation theology. The Jesuits, I've, I've known Jesuits for a long time, and there's been a battle there. Uh, and uh, once, uh, this was in the 80s, three Jesuits had just been ordained as priests, and they showed up at my house. And they were talking about, uh, you know, well, you got a tough road to hoe, but I think you can do it and so on and so forth. Well, the one of them uh, was ended up at Harvard with my son. He was getting a Ph.D. in Semitic uh, philology, a brilliant guy, a brilliant satirist, could have been one of the greatest satirists in American literature, except that he there's one thing that he would not go along with. And that was the acceptance of homosexuality. You had to do that. He told me that. He was marginalized by his own order and died a young man. Okay, probably prayed to die, to, for God to take him from that awful organization because basically the hom homosexuals took over the Jesuits. Now, I'm not saying every Jesuit is a homosexual. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying the people in charge demand acceptance of their perversion if you want to get anywhere in that order. And the, the epitome of this is James Martin. Yeah. His crusade in life is basically spreading homosexuality. Tells the Pope he can get an audience with the Pope anytime and spend 40 minutes with him. I assume he was responsible for this fool's errand of having the Pope go to Uganda. The Pope goes to Uganda and says, you need to decriminalize sodomy. The essence of Catholicism identity in East Africa is the Ugandan martyrs who resisted the homosexual advances of the king. Didn't he know that? So he leaves, he flies off. What do the Ugandans do? Next day, they make it a capital crime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike, we've, been, we've kept you a long time, but I, I, the, the mechanics of things interest me. Uh, is your publisher being attacked? I am my publisher. Oh, you are your publisher. <laughs> you, think I, you think anybody would publish my books other than me? So this, this has been a, a blessing in disguise. Because if you want to make money off of books, you got to publish them yourself. And that's what we've done. We've been very successful in publishing my books. Hey, guys, let me just put, bring this to you. The Gambian president said the LGBT stands for leprosy, gonorrhea, bacteria, and tuberculosis. That's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> Leave it to the Africans. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I, you know, I, I've been saying this for like two years, Michael Johns, that eventually either the Indians or the Africans are going to come here and evangelize this country. Because They're we used to here. be listening. They're already yeah. here. I, if there's a white priest in South Bend, Indiana, show them to me. We got African priests here. At the chapel, I'm saying the other, the only priest who isn't an African is an Indian. Uh -huh. This, this well, is what this is what has happened here. This is the uh, the, the cunning well, of reason. God has given you a, an extension in the Catholic Church for you guys. God has given you an extension. He's given you one more chance to listen to a foreigner as a missionary coming into your church. And you may not like it. You may say, "Well, where you know, where's the Latin Mass? Where's the white guy? Where's the Irish guy? They're not there anymore. They're all gay." They became uh, prime ministers in Europe. I don't know what they did. OK, but anyway, I mean, it's just that's the way it is. Take this message from God. If you got all these foreigners coming in into the Catholic Church and you go to the Catholic Church and you still want that Latin mass, take some Ugandan or whatever they, they're telling you. I don't know. Broken English. Right, Mike? Yeah. Uh, uh, Mike, one, one other thing, just kind of mechanical. Uh, Culture Wars, your magazine. Do you have a website? Yes. Culturewars.com. Go on the website. Don't go directly to culturewars.com or fidelitypress.org. All of my books, the magazine, are all available there. Okay. Don't Google my name. I, I, I tell you, I was I was down in Dallas getting to give a speech. Okay. I'm a Knight of Columbus. We rented the Knight of Columbus Hall. Suddenly someone gets word of it. And the first thing that the bishop does when he hears my name is he types in, goes to Google. And he types my name in. The first thing that's come up is the ADL attack on me. This means that the ADL now determines whether you're a Catholic in good standing now. Yeah. This is exactly. outrageous. Outrageous. Well, I, maybe maybe they're going to appoint cardinals pretty soon. We have no idea. We, we really don't know anything, you know. So you know where I ended up? The Islamic Center of Irving. 
<laughs> Allah, Allah, Akbar. And the Muslims, the Muslims were there. They showed up in my talk. This is the cunning of reason. This is God's hand at work. Forget about the Knights of Columbus. Forget about that loser organization. you got Muslims here. The Muslim came up to me afterwards and says, if you're back here again, we want you to speak here. This hey, is Michael what's Jones, happening. Michael Jones, did you hear what happened in Montgomery County earlier this year? Which when all one? this LGBT in, in all the LGBT crap they were putting on the kids in school, the first group to come out against the county, Montgomery County, Maryland, very prosperous. You know, it's Beltway, it's defense contractor money. The first group to come out wasn't the Catholics or the evangelicals; it was the Muslims. The same thing is happening in England. Exactly the same thing is happening in England. These are come people from from a traditional culture. They're outraged by this homosexual propaganda, and they are doing something about it. All right, Michael Jones, we're going to wrap it up. We want to thank you for coming on. You're welcome to come back again. Dr. Thank Mike, you. last word. Yeah, I, 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 I urge you to come back if you can, sir. Tell us more about the progress of your book and just your ideas generally. I thought this was a very, very informative talk. And I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Right, and Michael, Michael and Jones, again, 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 let me say it was an honor to be on with you. As I saw you were an inspiration to me years ago. I only wish more people in the CIA would have stood up when you stood up. Oh, let me answer your FBI question, by the way. You said, hey, what, you know, all these FBI guys, they used to be what, Catholics? No, the, no, they're still Catholics. They're still no, Catholics. no, it, back in the 70s, you got to understand something, Mike. Back in the 70s, Howard Hughes had a guy, Mayu who brought all these uh, later-day saint guys into the agency. He was an FBI guy, and he was a CIA guy. To get rid of the mob, they cleaned them up on the corruption stuff and, and you know, wiped them out. And then they made it Wall Street business in late 70s, early 80s, entertainment for families. So most of the guys we got up there now are later-day saints, too, just so you know. Mormons. Harry, uh, Harry, Harry, what was that guy's name, Mike? The senator? Harry Reid. Harry Reid's Harry boys. Reed. They came in. Yeah. Good luck to you, sir. That's it for the two mics. That's Thank it for you. the two mics. Thank you so much. Michael Jones, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. I know.